Hey, we've got on the phone Dr. Matt Cecil talking about the first week here on campus of the fall semester. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Hey, how are things going? We had the convocation with the president. On, of course, he announced that he is retiring uh, this year, but also got a lot of things to deal with before he's out of the official president's office. And, and of course, you've been dealing with this all summer as well. What are new? What is new, or what's happening? Well, it's uh, I'm back on campus. Uh, it's okay. great to be back on campus. Uh, the energy is starting to. Uh, increase on campus, which is something, you know, uh, anybody who loves higher education like I do and has been around it for a long time really looks forward to that, Uh, that sort of burst of energy that happens on campus right away in the fall, Uh, the beautiful weather, you know, the campus looks great, all of that stuff. It's it's fun to be back on campus. And yeah, granted, it's it's different. It's not exactly what we'd like it to be, uh, but still, uh, I was just uh, had my window open in my office, and I could hear the Maverick machine practicing somewhere oh. on campus. And you know that all of that stuff together is just really, you know, why we love uh, what we do so much, and we're so lucky to be a part of a, a campus like this. So yeah, it's starting to 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 feel a little more uh, like a regular campus every day. So for those who don't know what the Maverick machine is, that's the campus band that does a lot of pep, re- you know, pep everyone up at the games and etc so uh, it's really great to hear that they're out there and students are moving back although it's very different normally it's a move-in Thursday and this year how many students are coming back and I I understand it's over a week spread out yeah we we expect to have I think something like 2,500 students uh, in our residence halls and we have my understanding uh, we already have eight or nine hundred who have moved in uh, and then we're sort of, uh, there'll be a couple of real busy days where there'll be about 500 each day at the end of this week, and, and we'll finish it off this weekend. You know, a very different kind of move-in, uh, but also probably a little less hectic for everybody since they uh, they set a time and uh, they have people there to, to guide them where to go and so on. It's not the usual, you know, sort of chaos, uh, sort of fun, but fun chaos, but chaos that it normally is. So we're excited to get the students back and uh, you know, we're really, we're anxious to get started and, and really just see how things go. I'm sure if for folks who maybe were uh, alums of here of Minnesota State, a lot of them may remember Gage Towers, which I believe was 12 <laughs> stories. And there was, I think, well, limited number of elevators. And so a lot of folks probably remember climbing up the, all those stairs. And if you're up on the top floor, so of course, that was uh, no longer here anymore, so I'm sure it's going to be a different experience for some parents bringing their students back. Now, we've heard across the country other campuses that have opened, and within a week they've had to close down again, essentially, yep. and go all online. And I know that's something we don't want to do. The goal is to be flex sync, meaning we do some yep. online and some in class. So, uh, what are the plans? Well, I mean, we really have to, we've made a lot of plans. We've got a campus yes. that's that's ready for people, uh, but it's ready for people who are ready to follow the rules. We mm-hmm. really need people to follow the rules. We need people to uh, to wear their face covering, to complete their required daily health screening, to adhere to social distancing requirements, to pay attention to the signs and other new indicators on campus about where to be and what to do, uh, to wash their hands regularly, and, and really, above all, Uh, and this might be the most important one, we need people, uh, students, uh, faculty, staff, everyone, 
to really avoid situations where others are not following those rules. And, of course, that's where the other campuses have gone wrong. Uh, many campuses have done, just like we have, uh, have prepared their, their physical spaces to bring people back and, and, and have them in masks and keep them apart and so on. Everything you can do, cleaning, uh, all that stuff. Uh, but where it goes wrong is if people decide to gather together in other places often, mm-hmm. uh, wherever that might be, and not follow those rules. That's how the virus has been spreading. We haven't, even in those situations like the University of North Carolina uh, and Notre Dame, which are the two most recent ones to kind of try this and then go back to, to distance learning, uh, in those situations, those weren't uh, clusters that were primarily spread on campus. It was started elsewhere. So we need people to follow those rules, to be aware of social distance, to wear their face coverings, whether they're on on campus or not. Uh, Otherwise, you know, we just, we we can't do it. Uh, Without that, that some level of people being conscious and careful, uh, this virus is just too contagious. So we need people to follow those rules. In my heart, I like to think that we're going to be different than all the others, but <laughs> I was thinking back when, when you were young, and some people are off oh, yeah. from their parents for the first time, and they experience freedom, and mom, I'm, you know, mom's not here to tell me I can't go to this party, and that's what's going to happen, and uh, have, has the campus been working with some of the downtown places? Because a lot of times it, these gatherings occur at bars or other places, downtown, et cetera, uh, fraternities, sororities. What sorts of things can we even do to um, Oh, absolutely. Deal with We've that? had all those kinds of conversations, and we're really grateful for, for the folks around town taking this seriously. Uh, you know, it's, it's not in any bar owner's interest for people to get sick. Uh, and not be able to come back and enjoy their their establishment. So we're grateful for them and for the work that they're doing. We've been in touch with uh, community leaders uh, in Mankato and North Mankato, uh, working with them, and they're they're encouraging us as well because uh, we know that we're all in this together, uh, and we have to work together to make this uh, this whole thing uh, work in the way that we need it to. So. Yeah, those conversations have been going on. Uh, we're all trying to do our best, uh, but you know, it really comes down to individuals ultimately deciding uh, that they're going to keep others safe, that they're going to protect our community, uh, protect others, and and really follow those rules. And I mean, we can, I suppose, enforce on campus. Is there going to be enforcement? Actually, I mean, if somebody refuses to wear a mask, do they get sent home? Do they get in trouble or you know what what happens absolutely absolutely we're going to try to educate uh we're going to try to encourage and educate uh we're going to provide masks for people if they don't have them uh but ultimately uh it is a requirement of of a directive issued by the governor of the state that people wear their masks uh when they're indoors uh on a campus like ours and everywhere in our state uh and so we will enforce that and you know, what does that mean? It might mean uh, student discipline for students who refuse. Uh, it could mean a conversation uh, with a supervisor for if an employee uh, which was to refuse, although I will say our employees have been fantastic uh, and have really, really come along. We're, we're, we're in this as a community, and we're trying to do the best we can uh, for our students. So I'm, I've been really happy with the way our employees have have uh, joined in and are doing their best for everybody right now. But, yeah, there are consequences. Uh, we need to keep people safe. Uh, you need to finish to complete your mandatory 
self-screening before you come to campus. You need to wear your mask uh, and follow all the rules that we've got on our campus, uh, or there will be consequences. And you mentioned student discipline. Uh, you know, this is a, that's unprecedented, as which I say is the word of the year. To know what would happen to a student who doesn't. I mean, do they get um, expelled? I mean, what kind of things might happen? Do we even know that yet? So there, there are yeah, no, there are processes for that that are really run by the students. So uh, our student uh, leaders, we we met with them earlier this week. Uh, our student leaders are ready to be partners in this and want to do this right. Everybody wants it to be an educational opportunity. If people don't understand or if they don't have what they need to be able to, to follow the rules, great, we're going to help them understand that. But there are, there are processes that are run by students to do take care of student discipline kinds of things. And then, of course, employee discipline. It just comes down to, to conversations with supervisors usually. And, and what we found... Uh, is that in in every case that I'm aware of, uh, people were just unaware or weren't sure what the rules were, and we're going to work with people on that kind of stuff, of course. Uh, but I I I happen to believe that uh, the vast vast majority of people in our campus community want to do what's right, uh, want to keep people safe, want to keep people healthy, and and want to protect what we have here, which is we have the ability to really stand out uh, and be a campus that that can maintain this kind of discipline. Uh, that can maintain this rule following. And, and if we can, boy, we're going to be uh, a real special case. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, but we're doing everything we can. Uh, that's all we can do. And then we encourage people to follow those rules. I really hope that is the case. I mean, it would be nice to be held as a, a beacon of, of positivity. That would be <laughs> the the goal, I would, would think. Uh, just a question, how many uh, classes are maybe not going to be held on campus. I know a lot of them are, and it's called FlexSync, but I know there's also some faculty who aren't coming back to campus, maybe because of their own health concerns. Do you know yep. how many are actually going to be back for sure in terms on campus? Sure. So we have 30% of our classes are fully online, which okay. is about twice as many as usual. Mm. Uh, so it's not a huge amount. And then the rest have either some sort of FlexSync or hybrid in-person kind of experience in them. So it's the vast majority of our classes that do at least allow uh, some of the students to be in class on campus through that FlexSync model uh, with others being attending remotely via Zoom. So, you know, we we have de-densified our campus as much as we can. We're trying to make sure that maybe about 40% of the normal traffic on campus at any given time is occurring. Uh, we, we've uh, made choices about things like big gen ed classes that we moved online so you don't have, you know, 300 people moving in and out of a room at any one time and so on. So we've been really uh, conscious and strategic and careful about how we do that, and we do think we will have uh, reduced the density on campus pretty significantly. In some ways, I mean, if you think about what's going on here, uh, in some ways a place like a campus like ours where we have rules in place, uh, where we have, uh, you know, removed furniture, where we, where we've been, we've basically followed all the public health guidance that there is. This is this should be one of the safest places that you can be, uh, and be around people. So, and I think it will be. Uh, but again, it kind of comes down to that personal issue of how do people behave uh, when they're here and when they're somewhere else, and and can they follow that rule, uh, and try to avoid situations where they might put themselves or others into danger. Is there a scheduling thing where sometimes some students will be in class and then another day they won't and switch off, or hasn't that been done? I was just curious. 
Yeah, no, we okay. uh, students should be hearing from professors uh, this week uh, in their FlexSync courses with a little survey that says, you know, how would you like to attend your class? And then based on that information, the faculty can develop some kind of a rotation schedule mm -hmm. for people to be in class or to be remote. Uh, and that'll all be communicated to students uh, this week and, and, of course, early next week as, as things get started in classes. So it comes down to one of those classroom management issues. Faculty are really good at this. They know how to do it. Uh, they do it all the time anyway as far as how they manage where people are and what they do in their classes. So we're, we're confident that, you know, it's going to take a minute uh, to get this all figured out, but we will. And kind of that's my second part of my message is that, you know, it's not all going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and we need people to be patient and be kind and compassionate uh, to show empathy for others. Uh, really, you know, with anxiety levels high, right. it's especially important to be kind to each other. How is the health services going to work? Is all the health, are all the health services needed, like any testing or anything going to be done on campus? Will they be going to our local clinics? Or, or what's the plan for, for that sort of thing if somebody does think they may be sick and need to see a... Uh, get a test yeah. or something. So we, we do have, or we will have, equipment on campus to do testing of symptomatic students uh, on our campus. Uh, in the meantime, of course, we are sending, uh, encouraging people to go to local health providers if they have symptoms. Uh, it comes back to that daily screening tool that we do on campus that asks you a bunch of questions, and if you see something, if, it, if you answer one of those things uh, in a certain way, it'll recommend that you go see a medical provider, and for our students, that's primarily student health, uh, and for our faculty and staff, of course, that's you know the local providers, the Mayo Health uh, Center and the, the Mankato Clinic. So we have connections to all those organizations, and we did just uh, purchase some equipment so we can we can literally process tests on our campus starting very soon. Okay, so that hasn't actually happened yet. Uh, because nope. that's, I'm sure that's a concern of people. Where do you go? I mean, and then then I also yep. understand there's there's a quarantine places as well. Is that like extra dorm rooms that haven't been occupied otherwise, or or yes. what's happening with that? Yep, we have a hundred beds set aside in our residential life that'll be used for quarantine as needed. Hmm. Uh, so we, we've, you know, of course, consulted with the Minnesota Department of Health about what those need to look like, what kinds of services you need to provide, what kinds of cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we are ready to accommodate uh, uh, up to 100 students in that kind of quarantine. And of course, we can adapt as needed. If, if heaven forbid, the number was higher than that, we would uh, absolutely be able to adapt and, and accommodate more. I will say that there are some uh, there's some sort of guidance from the system office that that helps us understand, you know, based on the numbers of students in quarantine, based on the numbers of positive tests on campus, and so on, helps us sort of make some decisions about whether we stay uh, uh, as we are, or we move to remote delivery, or we move to some other mitigation kind of uh, efforts to slow down any sort of clusters that appear. The good news is that it's not just simply a, a checklist. In other words, if Lewis County has X cases, then we're shut down. Uh, it's much more nuanced than that. It takes context into consideration. It allows us to really make some informed and thoughtful decisions and, and take some uh, measures to try to deal with these things before they get out of hand as well. Uh, of course, you know, the best laid plans, right? But we'll, we'll do <laughs> yeah. our best with it. Uh, we, we feel confident that it's a good uh, system that will allow us to make smart decisions, uh, but we're going to we're all going to see uh, when students all get back next week. 
Well, and that's the thing. Everything we've been talking about since this whole thing began has been a fluid situation. And, you know, we've talked to you and things change sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. And, you know, I'm really hoping, like you said, that this uh, we can be the beacon of of uh, people obeying and, and just a good good model, which would be really nice to, to have and hopefully uh, continue to, because to, a lot of students, I was thinking back when I was a, a college, going to college, a big part of that experience is being on the campus with the campus life. Uh, that is so important. So I really hope we can maintain that. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, we are out of time, but I want to thank you, Dr. Matt Cecil, the provost here at Minnesota State University, talking about the official first week of the semester when the faculty's back and the students arrive next week. Good luck. We'll uh, hopefully talk to you soon and hopefully have good news. Absolutely. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye.